You are listening to the TF Cast, a Mankato-based arts and culture podcast where we hear stories of upcoming projects and get to know the people making things happen all across southern Minnesota. This podcast was recorded June 9th of 2021. Yep. So, we're up. We're recording. Oops. Now I'm over to you, Jake. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah, I suppose. TF Cast is back, and today we are here with Project Bike. Um, you want to introduce yourselves as more than Project Bike? That would be amazing. I'm Dana Sickle. I'm the creator and artistic director of Project Bike. And I'm Kyle Zeisler. I'm kind of the helping hand, just help Dana uh, with this and that, and <laughs> a lot of directions and stuff. And so He does a lot more than that. Yeah. We just never figured out an official title. Helping hand. The helping hand. <laughs> the helping hand of Project Every Bike. single thing, yes. Yeah. Well, what, what is Project Bike up to these days? Um, well, with some people uh, are aware that we're n- not touring this summer. So we've toured the last five summers throughout the state collecting artwork and making these documentaries. And so we decided last year that um, 2019 was going to be our final year for the actual tour itself. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, gone with the wind now. But this summer, instead of touring, we're actually putting together and curating an exhibition uh, that's a retrospective of Project Bike over the past five years, which is going to be on display starting in June at the Minneapolis International Airport. So that's what we're doing. So we're still working with artists, still working with art, still working with bikes, just not writing them per se and the the film the film and we are also in the process of finalizing our final full feature film that will come out in october that's about um project bike over the course of the five years as well oh right on um so if people if people want to see this um the uh the exhibit at the airport what do they have to do what do they have to do? Yeah. Where they could go on a tropical vacation. Just kidding. Um, well, kind of obviously with all the current issues that are happening, the airport is not as busy as it normally is. Um, hopefully towards like into the fall winter, there'll be more foot traffic. But um, so we're putting up the exhibition like normal. We're going to be doing a lot of uh, media around the exhibition, a lot of um virtual displays we're gonna we're talking about doing an online gallery we're putting together uh, a short film that talks about the exhibition as well so people will be able to see it um through online sources and or also visiting or you know traveling through the airport we are hoping to in november to have a reception for the exhibition we were originally going to have one in july um which that has been canceled and we're hoping to have a reception um for the exhibition at the end of it so sometime in November, we haven't finalized our, our date yet. But that's where anyone during that time period will be able to enter the airport if they're going to the event. You don't have to buy a plane ticket or anything like that. Hmm. And that, how do you interact with that? Do you have to like RSVP or? Yep. So the airport will um, set up a website once we finalize the date. And you'll go on there and basically RSVP. You'll have to give your name, gender, birth date, and then you're put on a list. And they check everyone on that list. And so when you get there, you'll have to go to a special desk. You have to show your ID. You have to make sure that you are able to go through. And then you'll just go through security like normal. 
um, like you would at any other time going to the airport, and then you'll be able to come to our reception. Oh, wow. Um, it's yeah. quite the adventure. Yeah, it's a, that's a, <laughs> it's a lot. We're, we're even though we're not touring, um, which is kind of like a little bit of a blessing because I don't think we would have been able to tour with what's currently going on. Um, so you know, closing it out last year was a really smart move on Kyle's part, not mine. Ha ha. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> was yeah. that your decision? Uh yeah, I was kind of the leader on being like hey we should like start to end this wrapping it up uh i just thought one i wanted my summers back and uh two it was just the fifth year kind of a nice closing time for it um or else you got to do it for like 10 years oh yeah you don't want to quit on like a number that's not on your hands that's weird yeah yeah, yeah you I can see that you can't quit on the seventh year <sighs> that just looks bad yeah. huh. hmm but yeah, so that was a discussion Kyle had brought out, or brought up, uh, was it February 2018, about kind of closing it out. Um, so then when we went into 2019, last summer, uh, we really focused it on the idea of like this being the end, like this is the capstone to all the tours, is this tour. And is, is that when you came up with the idea to do a feature film, or were you contacted about that? Like, what's the story behind doing this whole well, movie? The documentation, so with each year of, of the bike tour, you know, we have we hire these different film crews. They're usually the, like two to three people, um, very small scale, that follows us along our whole bike ride. Mm -hmm. um, and they make, you know, 30 to 40 minute films, but we always feel each year like the whole story is not told. Like, it, you know, you can't tell the story about Project Bike and about 10 artists in 30 minutes. Yeah. Properly. <laughs> you know, so... Um, and that's one thing we feel like our supporters and the people that follow us all these years, they, they really want to learn more about um, just like how Kyle and I sustain, as well as the artists. Um, what does it mean to bike or tour through the state of Minnesota on your bicycle? Um, so then we knew that we wanted to invest in that with having something longer. And especially with it being the last year, we thought it was like a good conclusion. Because um, then you don't, we're not just talking about year five, we're talking about Project Bike as a whole. Like, you know, a lot of people that maybe just followed us last year have no idea that Project Bike started out of the 410. What the heck's 410 Project? You know, so it's kind of telling that whole story to where, or, um, and then how we got to where we are now. Hmm. 410 Project. We haven't even talked about that. 410 Project. Sorry, uh. I jumped in there. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> we can't. It, There's a million things. This, this, I was going to ask, how did something with such like a grand scale, like what was the, the beginning idea that was like, was, was it, we're going to start at the top and come back down or was it, was there a smaller idea of a project bike? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, well the first year I had this idea for maybe about a year and a half, two years before I actually did it the first year is one of those things of like random ideas pop in my head. I'm like, well, let's just try this. I really like biking. I really like art and artists and let's do something different than what other spaces are doing. Um, and had never toured before. I had no equipment. I didn't have a bike um, that you could tour on. And I had wrote a grant to Prairie Lakes Regional Arts Council and I received it. So I was like, well, crap, now I have to do this bike thing. So, yeah, I basically drained my bank account that first year and bought GoPros. I bought a bike. I bought all the equipment you need to tour 
mm-hmm. um, and just had to educate myself by asking other people that toured and went out for 14 days, came back and was like totally mentally and physically destroyed. And I said, I'm never going to do that again. That was horrible. Um, and that was, you know, I, that first year I filmed everything myself. I biked by myself. It was totally unsafe. I had no idea what I was doing. It was like Survivor Man. It was ridiculous. What was I thinking? Right. And was- especially that first year, I had to like, there was no credibility to the project. I was just this like, this, this woman like emailing an artist being like, I know you don't know me and this is, I've never done this before, but would you give me like your artwork and we'll like put it on a trailer and I'll like bike away with it and you can trust me and people are like no (laughs) (laughs) so i had to like beg people to just like somewhat participate the first year or they were like people i knew or something and and i think like the trailer the first year maybe like gained a couple pounds to it with art like it was all very like drawings or small paintings it was nothing to the scale of what it is now um but yeah, and I think that first year, yeah, I said I wasn't going to do it again. But once we had our reception and we showed the artwork and this little three-minute film we put together for my GoPro, crappy imagery, and a lot of people showed up. Hmm. I was, and people are like, oh, we followed you on Facebook and, and, you know, just like learning who the artists were and about kind of like the physical sacrifice um, that was happening. And I think um, people could sense the authenticity of the project. Um, and just really support it. So then we just continued it and it just kept growing and growing and growing uh, each year. And what, what period of time did you get involved, Kyle? Uh, so the second year, I was kind of around, but it uh, didn't help a whole lot with the first year. That was kind of Dana's solo thing. And then second year, she kind of came back and was like, all right, uh, I need help with this if I'm going to do this a second time. Uh, so that's when I uh, just bought an my own touring bike and i was like all right i think i can bike with you i think i can do the directions and different things pick up small tasks along the way that would make her job easier uh because it's just this project is so big that taking any little bit of it's going to help uh dana out so uh, i decided to ride with the second year and kind of my uh role has increased throughout the years but uh dana's still the main show the <laughs> oh, god there's some laughter there and about the role increasing what what's behind the scenes there is uh you're uh you on the organizational side or um just different things i don't know it changes it's just whatever i can kind of help with whether it's finding artists or um doing the social media i picked up that i think like the third year i did quite a bit of that um first couple years we were doing a lot of the gopro footage after i think the third year we i don't think the fourth or fifth year we took the gopro yeah so because they just weren't making it into the final film um but yeah so it's just been changing every year exactly what i do but um yeah help pushing up the hill a little bit yeah, I do a lot of a lot of that, it's especially when trailer. the trailer gets real heavy. <laughs> mm-hmm. She needs I've seen that in the film. Uh, some assistance. Uh. Yeah, Kyle helps. I think a lot of people underestimate Kyle's role in this project. Like, I would not be able to do this one second without Kyle because it's, you know, he helps. He does all the directions. He does a lot of the social media. He manages everything with the bicycles. And he's a massage therapist and athletic trainer. So he handles if there's any issues with the body, which happens to me all the time. 
um, then he has that understanding of how to handle it for us to still be safe out in the middle of nowhere. That's awesome. So yeah, he does a lot of stuff. And then helps like communicate with artists too or with the filmmakers when we're on the road because I'm talking with the artists. It's just, there's a lot of um, timing that happens um, when we're on tour and it takes um, more than one person to do it correctly. Yeah, I think most people think like this is, oh, like a bike tour, like you just kind of get there when you get there. Like, oh, you just like show up to artist's house. <laughs> Be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, where did you find these artists? Oh, I was just riding and there's one right here. <laughs> here. No, it's all <laughs> it's really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's all really planned out. It's like, all right, we have to get 60 miles in uh, today and we have to do it by five o'clock. Like, when do we leave in the morning? How many times can we take a break? So the, those kind of the logistical mm-hmm. things that I take care of. Uh, so Dana can just focus on communicating with the artists i usually communicate with the filmmakers uh because we also have to get the filmmakers like oh when are you going to set up a shot or oh what roads are you taking so they can we don't have to like stop and wait for them to set up a nice shot and then bike through and then uh stop so i tell them kind of our directions where might be a good spot for them to uh see us uh ride by and then they kind of take it uh, and use their eye to actually find the best shot. Are yeah. You, are you like looking at satellite imagery to do this, or have you ridden all these roads previously? Uh, no. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Google Maps or uh, looking at the side satellite images and being like, "Oh, this is a gravel road. Oh, like we have a river on one side Good, of us, yeah. and uh, we're riding through a beautiful park. Mm-hmm. Like that might be a good shot." And then they'll drive ahead. And yeah, kind of that's scout usually it all what they do. And uh, actually find uh, the best shot. Hmm. That's neat. So lots of mental and physical energy happening at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> the, the when I first heard about Project Vikes versus when I realized what was happening, it was like like the amount of energy uh, that goes into it was kind of like mind blowing to me. Like just the physical energy of riding your bike that many days in a row and the I mean, I would hate riding my bicycle with a trailer. It sounds like the opposite of fun to me. Yeah, we get hassled a lot by when we're on tour by other people biking. They're like, oh, you must really love touring. Because when we're touring, I, I carry the trailer that carries all the artwork. And it gets very tall. And um, we get a lot of other people that are biking. They're like, oh, I, I would totally love to tour. But why are you touring with... I would never tour with a trailer. Why are you touring with a trailer? Because no one, everyone thinks it's like random camping. Mm-hmm. equipment or junk or i don't you know artists package their artwork in uh interesting ways so well, it looks like a lot of like garbage bags and, like, and we don't want cardboard it to, we purposely didn't want it to look like it was expensive stuff yeah like when you really think about the amount of money that's on the back of the trailer it gets to be in the thousands and thousands of dollars so we try to disguise it as looking mm-hmm. like junk basically (laughs) but then um which we do a great job at but um yeah with each year it's just an increase like with the artwork that gets taken to like the first year or two it was like oh um i'm not going to take anything that's glass i'm not going to take anything that's framed nothing like that and then i was like you know what me feeling physically exhausted for a couple days is nothing compared to like having a really good exhibition at the end or like 
um, not showcasing an artist because their work was too heavy. Like it's putting my, um, you know, myself kind of to the backside and them more forward. So yeah, by the end of the this last year, it was like the trailer gets to be about close to 200 pounds the last two years and then pushing that. But then it's like, you have to keep going. You've started, you can't just stop. Yeah. It's, has it gotten heavier every year? Um, I think this last year was a little bit lighter than the previous year, but it's always still close to about 200 pounds. That's only because like a 40, 50 pound metal guitar on the fourth year. Well, that still counts, though. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying like they were pretty. They were pretty even. These are big then, pieces of art. Yeah, yeah. Dana kind of took out the size restrictions uh, that fourth year, and we just anything the artist really wanted to get give us that um, would look yeah. good in the show. We were like, heck yeah! Um, so make it work. Metal glass. Glass. Um, we last year we had uh, dresses. Yeah, like ball gowns that are extremely heavy. I didn't yeah. know that. Nope. Anywho. How were they? Were they like flattened or how were they? Yeah, packaged? they were like in dress bags and folded and then put into garbage bags and then bungeed to the trailer. But by no means flat. Oh, so it was, yeah. I, what's the experience like with wind out there? I mean, your crosswind is that not just ripping you off the road? I have openly wept. <laughs> so many times on the side of the highway due to headwinds yeah. like it's it's so it's like the most self-defeating thing in the world because it's like especially for me i'm and well even kyle because kyle carries all the camping gear and all that but um we're just so big it's the wind is just you know the worst thing in the world and then when you're on a time schedule and you're pushing so hard like physically your body but you're getting nowhere that then yeah and then you have like people are like where are you you're supposed to be here by now and it's like we're trying but we like physically <laughs> can't go any faster and we can't control it and it makes you frustrated yeah so like last year uh our red wing to Faribault uh kind of section uh we we're doing really good timing all the way through like cannon falls and then uh we got out of the valley and you're just hit with just straight plans and you're also on the side of the road too so you're just getting blasted by like 30 mile an hour headwind. headwinds and, and then you, there's semis yeah so you're you take your normal like uh what we plan to kind of be riding like 10 12 kind of miles per hour and you can cut that in half like you're yeah. struggling to go five six miles it's an evil. hour and you're getting like kind of sucked into the road by the semis and it's terrifying and you just kind of have to put your head down and just be like please don't hit me please yeah. don't hit me please don't hit me do you have any horror stories are there any times where the fear was high out on the road yes yes definitely- i don't remember where we were i think it was when we were up north um uh tour like we obviously everyone thinks we ride on like major highways like or interstates <laughs> Um, which we do not, obviously. Um, but there was this one stretch to where we had to ride on the interstate, like on the shoulder, 65 miles an hour. Cause, and it was only for like a mile, but because there, there was n- no other way to get to this other road. It's like you had to go down and then get off. And the shoulder next to it was all just really deep gravel. And my bike is so heavy, it just sinks. You'd have to walk it. And there was maybe like a two, two foot sh- little shoulder in between 
um, the lane and the gravel, and we just put on our helmets. And I have never biked that fast in my whole entire life. And there's cars right next to you going 65 miles or probably faster than that. And it's just like, pray to God, pray to God that no one hits me. And it's terrifying. But when there's nowhere else, you can't go anywhere else. Yeah. You can't actually, I've thought about this, but there's some places you can't go. Like there's some cities that you couldn't walk out of. So if you're like a homeless person mm-hmm. and you want to leave, you can't just yeah, you can't no, just go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, everyone's yeah. so used to driving that they don't even put like mm-hmm. a thought toward it. But yeah, biking into certain city is like certain areas. Yeah, there's only like three or four roads in, and they are all terrifying. And <laughs> one is somewhat convenient for you, so you're just like, all right, um, I guess I'll be biking on rumble strips for yeah several. Miles, miles. Like, yeah, or taking uh, a fifteen-mile detour, you know? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's even worse because I remember we got done with that mile or ever it was, and then we finally got off, and we just both got off our bikes and we like couldn't breathe because it was like the adrenaline is so high, and you're just like go 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 go, and then uh, yeah, yeah, we had m- several cars like be honking at us and one like screech on his brakes because he yeah. tried to drive around us really fast and then there's another car coming the other way because the worst roads aren't actually like what you would think uh so like the big roads like obviously we would never try to bike on like one uh 169 or something like that but there are times that you would have to to get uh to like an exit over uh and we'd have to do that and those ones honestly like aren't as terrifying because you have a huge shoulder like the cars are pretty far away Mm -hmm. from you um like we've all had to get out of our cars like on the edge of the interstate or something like that and it's like yeah it's not fun but it's not horrible uh the more scary ones are the really busy like two lane roads that have no shoulder Mm-hmm. and cars are you just have to ride flying. on the road yeah just flying by you and there's no other way to get to that small town or something yeah. like that so we did have a map that would tell us like kind of projected how busy your road was and or if, if it, it had, had a shoulder. shoulder uh that helped out a ton um but it wasn't always right. is that like an app or some kind of biking website uh, no, I think it was Minnesota uh, Bike Bicycle Alliance released a map. Yeah. Uh, I think that we used. Um, and that was really it's good. It's bike-specific, so it tells you all that information on it, and then also the trails. Hmm. Yeah. And then you the other bit uh, was I just used, like, Google Maps. It was kind oh, of the two yeah. major ways that we'd... Uh, I'd look at that map to see if those were nice roads for us to bike on, and then I'd look at uh google maps to kind of yeah, get the rest the of the route photo of the road how, how did you guys eat out there I, i'm not like i don't mean like how i mean like what with my hands <laughs> no i mean like the what was what was the diet like on the road a lot of casey's it, pizza yeah it changes each year this last year we um were biking or filming till like 10 or midnight like it was it was so intense because oh, we knew where we were, we were making this full-length film, so we had to film longer with the artists. Um, but we were still going the same miles each day. So that left, left less miles to sleep or eat 
Like we just eat out of our bags, off our bikes, and then stop at a gas station here or there. We don't, you know, and it's it's all really fast or we're eating while we're biking um, because we need to get to our campsite before the sun completely goes down. Um, Yeah, so it's a lot of trash. We're kind of like raccoons. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, not actual trash. Um, Or sometimes the artists, they will give us food. Like we'll eat with the artists when we go to their house or they'll have stuff made to give to us. And mm-hmm. yeah. And then we usually keep a little bit of like uh, hiking, kind of like freeze dried stuff. Just in uh, case. Just in case we get to like our campground or wherever we're staying that night and there's just nothing close to us. So we can at least cook something and have a warm meal. Well, even too, like when we're out biking, sometimes you hit a wall and it's, it's seriously because you need food. Like sometimes we'll camp and there isn't really a, like we'll bike and we're biking in the middle of nowhere for 20 miles. But let's say you hit mile 15 and your mood changes because your body is like starving and it's still 10 miles to the town to eat anything. So then we have the kind of camp food freeze dried stuff to make on the side of the road on like the little stove that we have for camping. Like we've had to do that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Just your body starting to shut down because you're hungry yeah you hear about uh marathon runners hitting the wall and that's exactly what that is you just run out of carbs and you just struggle to go any further <laughs> at any sort of <laughs> speed anything, yes mm-hmm. is that like an acute feeling just you know uh yeah it's it's really crazy i get really angry yeah, it's called the wall for a reason. It, it hits you all at once, and you're just like going, "Oh, I feel okay," and then all of a sudden, like, I don't feel like I can push these pedals, like physically like, do it yeah. anymore. And then that starts to affect your mental state, yeah. and then your timeline for the day. And yeah, it's crazy. It's like with this project, it's a, a whole consumption of like mental and physical. And I always tell people that, and I. I still feel like people don't necessarily understand. Well, and how do, you know, if you've never toured before, mm-hmm. um, it's a hard thing to relate to. Uh, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier when I was like, when I, when I realized like the scale of the thing, just from the, you know, biking and energy expended perspective, it's like, oh, that's crazy. Like, why would you do that? It's <laughs> a lot. I know. <laughs> what the heck? Um, well, I think too, it's like every year when we do the tour, we'd get done and every, like, we, you know, we show like our, our short film uh, at the 410 Project with the exhibition and all that stuff. And that's usually been like the end of it, you know, um, for that year. And we seriously turned that projector off. And five minutes later, people are like, next year, you got to go here. Or like, can I be, how can I apply to be an artist? So we are like, we haven't even made up our mind if we're doing it that next year. And we already are like feeling a little pressured um, to do it. Uh, and it's just been kind of one of those things that's like, well, what, like, how many more artists can we meet or where can we bike where we've never biked before in this state? Because um, that's endless. And so, but then, you know, there's always a time where you kind of have to change your or switch your energy to and something always else. Always trying to one up yourself from the year before. You don't want to just have the project that's like, oh, we bike the same basic route. Yeah. Or, oh, we've met the same amount of artists or mm-hmm. something like that. There was always something that we, tried to one up and this last year it was progress the project have someone drive us all the way up the north shore so we could just do one straight line back because all past years have been um all past years have been kind of a circle uh usually up to the metro and Mm -hmm. back 
Hmm. No. Basically. That the was, first in, couple of years, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, you haven't always gone so far north or been so far north. No. Well, because it's just with like our timing or the um, just the schedule, it's really hard for us to start in Mankato and then get to somewhere like Grand Marais and then come back. That yeah. would be a giant commitment um timeline and you know i don't work during the summer i'm a teacher um but kyle does have to work he has an actual job um so kyle has to take off you know um time from work so he can only do so much of that as well so there's a lot of factors that kind of determine how many days we can actually tour and also just money you know um Mm -hmm. like we're paying out of our own pockets for us to do this um, when it comes to like, you know, where we stay and where we, what we eat and all of that, like how we take care of ourselves. So that's a factor as well. Um, but this last year, we really wanted to go more north um, just because we hadn't been there. We had a lot of people that asked us to come there or bring Project Bike more to northern Minnesota. So then we had decided um, that we would do that this year or last year. Hmm. And now that the, the, the book is kind of closing here, like what, 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 what is project bike in its at the end of it i don't know i don't know how to say that like it, when people like look at uh, you, i'm doing a bad job like, what is this? this yeah like like what is it going forward now that the the touring part is is closed like is it something that people look back on or is it something that other people continue or you know um that's always been a question and and i don't quite know that yet you know project bike is going to be going on even though we're not touring um conversations about project bike are going to be going on for a while um technical difficulties it happens we're still going though right Why don't you just lock it out? Like a garbage truck. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Film from a duck. garbage truck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right on. Movie match. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're and back with the, the future of the end. Um. Yeah, that's still a question I don't know per se um of like what form this will take you know and and hopefully again it's like project bike was meant to really show people um the amount of effect that one or two people can have you know i think a lot of times at first people thought like project bike was sponsored by like these big corporations or came out of like a bigger art space or things like that um and then i think they understood that it was just me and kyle doing this there isn't a whole big team you know a lot of people think there's like a car that rides with us that's like a support car we're like no this is just us um so really showcasing like the importance like if people have goals it sounds really cheesy um you don't need a million people and a million dollars to do the random weird stuff in your head um that you're never too old 
to do random weird stuff that's in your head. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm 34 and I'm like touring around the state and making these films. Um, but then also too, like Project Bike has been a connecting point. Like all these artists have met each other like through like that year or previous years. Um, I think it's broadened uh, a lot of people's ideas of like what artists and what art is here in Minnesota just by watching the documentaries or maybe relating to an artist that's in one of the films or finding connectiveness um, through one of the artists that they see in the film or then meeting them in person and then seeing their work in person or seeing it online. So I think there's been a lot of cross sectors of people uh, and places due to Project Bike. And I think um, artists are just more connected because of it the state got a little smaller yeah i think so and i think a lot of times um people still have this stigma you know to be an artist or to be sustaining or a practicing artist you have to live in minneapolis or st paul or duluth and that's not the case there's a lot of people living out in the middle of nowhere that are making amazing things um or you have to go to art school you know you have to have a degree in art to be an artist um and that's also not the case too and i think a lot of times we enter like people don't identify as an artist if they don't have this like criteria of things or but they've been practicing their work for 30 40 years or they feel uncomfortable around the art community for whatever yeah. reason i mean it might be just something that they convince themselves yeah 100 percent. and so this is giving them an opportunity to be seen and for them to talk about their work and for other people to appreciate it and then maybe you know maybe this is a stepping stone for something in their career as well One thing that I thought uh, Project Bike did was kind of break down that stereotype of like the artist or like uh, being just like poor or being <laughs> like just it like there's that one person that is an artist or something like that. And I thought what Project Bike did well, we heard a lot of people uh, see it and we had such a diverse group of artists that they always related to at least one person in the film. So that person that has really mathematical brain, we had um, uh, artists that all her artwork was... Emily Victor, yeah. Yeah, all of her artwork was uh, just counting systems, basically. So, and she was kind of teaching us about that, uh, just like counting by like 12, and she would show that in like a visual way, and it would be very uh, stunning when she was done mm -hmm. with it. But yeah. Do you, um, either of you have aspirations to continue bicycle touring? <laughs> um, is that, is that how you ride for fun now or? Uh, definitely. Like, uh, I started off in the same boat as Dana. Like we had never toured before, uh, this, we might've done like, I think I bike camped once where I'd like, I rode 60 miles camped and rode back the next day, but I don't really consider that touring. Um, so yeah, since then we've done uh some for fun tours where everything isn't planned out to the minute uh, <laughs> and you're which, being filmed 24 yeah, 7 uh which tends to be a little bit more enjoyable for sure but uh it doesn't end in this so many tv screens and stuff but uh yeah i'm definitely going to be touring for a long time yes Yes, I'll be touring. Um, that's one thing Kyle and I have like always enjoyed, like, you know, just as a activity that we do together. Um, I think what's really good with Kyle and I within Project Bike is like his brain works one way and my brain works the other way. It's 
So put those together. It's a good combination for touring. Um, but we both do a lot of like mountain biking, uh, bike polo, road riding, kind of like a whole variation of bikes, period. So we're always doing something. Yeah, I think you had like five or seven bikes in your living room. A lot of <laughs> it's a lot of bike. You got to have a different bike for every activity, you know. Yeah, totally. I can. You understand? You can relate. You understand? That's what I tell my mother. My mom's like, "Why do you have all those bikes?" I'm like, well, different bike for different landscape. Yeah, and uh, Kyle, you've recently changed your overall location. You moved out of state. Uh, yeah, I got an opportunity uh, at a D1 university down in Texas, uh, Sam Houston State University, uh, to work with their Division One track and field team. I'm an athletic trainer, uh, so it was too good of an opportunity to pass up. So uh, we'll be down there for a year or two more and uh, kind of see... You will be down there. I will be down there. Um, so, and then kind of see if I can make my way back up uh north here uh, oh so the plan is to come back home the plan is to come back uh to the midwest at some point um i don't think texas is the exact place for me but it <laughs> works for me right now and it was too good of a opportunity to pass up really yeah, wow that's amazing yeah and people love to come back here that's a that's a thing about <laughs> oh, this place <laughs> it could be you kyle it could be me yeah it's the land of opportunity <laughs> Yeah, so there's just been a lot of changes um, with the project and obviously even just with Kyle and I too, different opportunities. So it was really like a blessing in disguise to kind of close it out this last mm-hmm. summer, 2019. And Dana, you going into the future, what are your plans? I don't know. What should I do? <laughs> well, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait. I don't know. I was, I was... You could tour around Minnesota on a bike. <gasps> collecting art i love that idea let's do it kyle oh, oh wait good. <laughs> and take pictures of it and put it on the internet um yeah that was a big question when i we had kind of released that that was going to be our final tour everyone was like oh is someone else going to take it over or this or that and i had always said it's like well it's kind of like if you're right if you're you know you're writing a book and you write a series of books someone doesn't come and then Mm-hmm. continue your series of books you know what i'm saying <laughs> and um and then i got a lot of criticism like oh are you getting too old you can't yeah and there that was a big one too and i was like and uh are these people like 16 no these were <laughs> other grown adults so i didn't you know so there's a lot of weird <laughs> ideas and i'm like no people can transition and their energy to other things um so i don't know right now it's just really focusing on um teaching and the 410 and kind of you know transition a lot of my energy back into the gallery space and then just seeing you know like if i you know i I would say like if i take all the energy i put into project bike like planning this thing for months and months and months and transfer that into something else like just what that i don't know what the other else is yet um but knowing me yeah it'll be something but project bike's not done either so we'll see yeah we have the the so the the film the feature length film is not what was shown correct yeah so there's how much how much longer is the film that's coming out towards the end of the year yep so this uh last october october 2019 we did um show a kind of mini documentary that went along with the exhibition at the 410 
um, from our fifth year. But this coming October, October of 2020, we are going to be releasing our full length um, 90 minute film. And right now the plan is to premiere it at the Twin Cities Film Festival. Um, so they haven't made any exact decisions if they're going to be holding the festival um, in person like they normally would or if it's going to go all online or what they're currently doing. Um, so we're not 100% sure on how it will be premiered, but we know for sure, even if, if Twin Cities decides um, maybe to not do it at all, we'll just kind of premiere it ourselves. Um, but right now that's the plan. It's October 20th mm. is when they're scheduled. We've kind of uh, gone around this topic a little bit in this video. Uh, in what ways has the situation with this whole uh, COVID-19 uh, affected Project Bike, uh, pushing things back mm -hmm. or, you know, just in general? Um, yeah, it's definitely put a little bit of hinder, like all this work of, you know, getting in the airport, you know, because the airport approached us in, two, in 2018 about doing a display like a kind of like a retrospective in one of their display cases at the airport. And then when we had said uh, 2019, this was going to be our final year there, they were like super jumped on like, okay, now it's kind of done. Let's do this exhibit of what project bike is as a whole. Um, and so there's a lot of planning happening and a lot of me just convincing them I can do this. Cause like, they're, they're, a lot of their exhibitions in the airport are curated by people that work at universities, major galleries, museums. And then I'm coming in and I'm like, hey, I got a bike and I got all this artwork, blah, blah, blah. And, and then they, and I'm like asking for their largest display case in the airport. And they're like, who are you, person? But, <laughs> but they contacted you, right? They contacted me. Um, but they, you know, this is like, it's 300 feet of display area for one person to basically put together. And somehow wow. I convinced them that I can do this. And they trust me. Um, so it has set back our some of our timelines. We are still um, putting up the exhibit um, June 20th. And originally we were going to have a reception on in July, like July 24th. But that has been canceled because obviously people aren't gathering period right now or especially in the airport um so we're hoping there'll be a reception in november um our timeline for when the exhibition closes is still a little fuzzy because we're thinking about pushing it back to get the holiday traffic because right now the exhibition comes down december 6 we want to keep it up to the end of december um so yeah right now it's everything is kind of floating around uh, a little bit so that kind of stinks yeah, you were just at the airport earlier today. What's the yes. mood like, you know, with the staff and what's going on there? Mm -hmm. Would you like to answer that, Kyle? Um, I don't know if I can answer that, but uh, we were like, there. People are excited, mm -hmm. especially to see the artwork. Uh, every time they had to obviously inspect everything before uh, they brought it into the airport. We were just in this like backloading dock, and even the people that we were showing, kind of opening up our. Uh, all the boxes and stuff were really excited about it. They're just like, oh man, like this was in here or oh, holy cow. Uh, so it was really good to um, uh, get that artwork to them and now I'll be uh, taken through and looked at uh, and make sure we're not bringing in anything we're not supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like at the airport, at least with um, 
uh, MSP Art, which MSP Art is the program within the airport that does all arts and culture related things within the airport. Um, I think they're they're kind of frustrated, which obviously, you know, they planned all of these, you know, they have live performances in the airport now. And like, they it's insane what they do and all these art shows and they show films and um, they're kind of bummed out, you know, that, that, you know, everyone's putting in all this hard work and then no one really sees it. So they're trying to transition really fast. Um, yeah, it was pretty slow there today, you know, compared to every other time you go to the airport, but fingers crossed, hopefully, like I said, into the, the fall, winter, it'll pick up. Cause it already got moved back, right? It got moved till a later showing date. Well, no, we're keeping the same showing date, um, June 20th through December 6th. Um, our, the, you know, it might, we might move that December 6th deadline or like ending to the end of the month if mm-hmm. we can. Um, but that changes a different exhibitions schedule and mm-hmm. budgets and all of that. So there's a lot of factors that are going in. Um, and I'm just trying to stay positive as if there was no change, um, you know, because I am the leader and, you know, trying to put forth as much effort as I would if, it, if people were still going through, you know, six million people through the airport. Mm-hmm. So, yeah and then trying to get it a- online as much as possible hmm. so many things yeah it's it's odd to think about a, a place that you know people only pass through as an art space i mm-hmm. i can't imagine you know organizing for that or what you know what kind of mentality you would have to have mm-hmm. yeah it's a lot different than curating a show f- that would go into an art gallery or an art space you know so you just have to think differently about the artwork you're showing, the size, you know, all of that. Hmm. It was nice to not have restrictions on weight or anything like that, like we usually do for uh, all the tours because we've had to carry it back. This one, we uh, invited the artists uh, that we had had in our past tours to bring whatever kind of their like prime piece, what Mm -hmm. they wanted to show. And then Dana curated it uh, to see what, she wanted to kind of incorporate uh so there's a lot of like really large pieces of artwork uh and some really amazing pieces uh that we picked up so um so this isn't all stuff that just came off the bike this is no the airport was pretty adamant on showing work that was not like some of the pieces are stuff that we carried on our bikes because we had so we've had like out of all the years of Project Bike, there's over 60 artists that we have interviewed and have been part of Project Bike. And we could only pick 12 to actually be displayed in the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, the airport really wanted to focus more on rural artists because that's kind of what Project Bike is about. Um, and then it was kind of up to me then to select, uh, you know, these 12 artists. And it was really about artists that you know and everyone's amazing everyone makes amazing stuff everyone's an amazing human being but just people that were doing a variety of work a variety of different mediums scales um and just accessibility as well at this time um yeah and so to where we could kind of showcase their like the work that they truly do because sometimes artists always make big paintings but for the tour they had to make tiny paintings to go on the bike but now we can actually showcase you know the main work that they're doing so that's really exciting so it just got opened up a little bit more than yeah what what the bike could carry yes that's yeah because nice. one of the pieces we picked up mark hall it's a 
um, a big glass piece, you know, that is over 100 pounds. When you were saying that the the trailer was getting tall, that was the exact object that I was imagining. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank goodness we didn't have to carry that one. Okay, I would never do that. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, a 60-pound guitar is now to the question. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really exciting. It's going to be an amazing exhibit, you know, if people are seeing it online or in person. Um, Like I said, because we're going to be doing a lot of filming, um, a lot of show. Like, the airport itself is going to be doing a lot of online media about the exhibition as well. Um, talks about our previous years. It has a lot of documentation, photographs. We're having three of the past documentaries playing in the display cases. Um, lots of artwork, lots of everything. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Who That's doesn't want to stop and look at a dirty bike? Yeah, in, in the airport. And a dirty trailer. I, I'll definitely, <laughs> in every airport now, be paying more attention to what's in the display <laughs> cases. You know, I, I, I'll admit that I walk by those things thinking it's probably just some like corporate bullshit you know mm-hmm. like well i think a lot of times it maybe is but msp does a really good job of exhibiting local artists um i think this with project bike this is the one of the first times i think they're actually showcasing rural artists hmm. is this like on account of an individual there or is this like a change happening in airports or you know, what's going on that's making this? Well, MSP Arts has been going on for a while now, and they really wanted to ramp it up. You know, Minnesota's, you know, one of the best states for artists and arts organizations. Um, but recently came under new leadership, Ben Owens. He used to work for a couple other organiza- arts organizations in the Twin Cities. Um, so he took over as director, and he's really stepped up on what's being exhibited and what's being showcased and who performs at the airport and all this stuff. Um, so they've just really figured out, you know, people stand and sit in the airport for hours or a day, you know, like, let's entertain the crap out of them while they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're doing that by arts and culture. And it's really cool. Yeah, that is. I mean, it, it seems like they already bought the ticket and it's for something else. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's awesome that someone's putting things in front of them. Yeah, 100%. And things really relating to the state. And when they had approached us, you know, to um, display, I was like, what? Um, but they're like, Project Bike is Minnesota, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So this is like, this is exactly what we're looking for. I was like, oh my gosh! Mm, now and it's international. Here, here we are today. Basically international. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Mm. But yeah, it's exciting. That's for sure. Well, do, do either of you have anything else, uh, like specific things that you want to chat about? Any any great Project Bike stories you've been itching to tell? Um. I don't think we told all oh, where exactly in the airport this is going to be. You know? Oh, and we even practiced this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say it? Because um, that's, that's good information. Um, so it's going to be displayed at the Thomas Reuters. Yeah. Huh? I got the Thomas Reuters Concourse C Art Gallery in Terminal 1. Um, so like I said, it's their largest display case in Terminal 1 or display case area. It's actually five giant. Um, Display cases, that's about 300 feet of display area. So it's pretty freaking big. Yeah, if you go into Terminal 1, you just, once you're past TSA, uh, you just hang a right, I believe. And then another right, yep. And then uh, it's like halfway down that hallway, uh, if that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, yeah, it's 300 feet and the biggest display cases you've probably ever seen. (laughs) It looks great. Yeah. I'm excited for it. (laughs) So if you are in the airport at all anywhere, you have time in the next couple months 
mm-hmm. for six, seven months. I, I Go hope, see us. I really want to make it up to the opening if it ends up happening. So. Yeah. And as of right now, they are planning on doing something. They just haven't finalized a date. So obviously mm-hmm. we'll be putting that out there like mad crazy. But yeah. if it do. doesn't happen uh, or something or you can't get to it, uh, as we said, it's going to be put on online. Uh, so you'll still be able to see it uh, and enjoy the collection. Yeah. What does that look like? How does it? It's photos or well you know because we're working with you guys we're making a video um that is about the exhibition um obviously in the video we're not able to show every single piece of artwork but we are talking with the airport about maybe once the exhibit goes up and it's in there for like a month or two maybe doing like some live videos and stuff like that um or filming something else that's of the like the actual display cases Mm-hmm. or document it in some way. So that's a conversation we haven't gotten to yet because we're kind of just taking one step at a time. Like, get the artwork there. You know, then we got to put up the, you know, then we got to put up everything. That's going to take a long time, too. And then, once we get it all up, okay, let's talk about documentation, how we get it out there more than how we already are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. it just keeps getting bigger. It's, yeah. it's huge. I know. What am I doing? <laughs> but then I'll then we can all take naps, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, do you do you ever have issues like explaining this to people in Texas with like no frame of reference? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <They're just> like, <laughs> I had to like tell people, oh, I'm going back up to Minnesota. I'm helping uh, bring stuff to the airport for this documentary I was in, and they're just like. Whoa wait what like there's too many things and that's always the problem with this project is like whether it was the videos or just telling like your grandma about it like it's so hard to like encapsulate this in like one sentence it's just Mm -hmm. like oh yeah we were biking around the state collecting artwork from artists and then we like bring it all back on the bike and then there's a gallery show with it and then we make a video of it and now it's in the airport. It's just like too big to encapsulate yeah. easily. It's hard to explain sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I just stop. <laughs> we, we got anything else? Any shout outs you guys want to do? Any shout outs? Yeah. If you want to say hi to your mom or <laughs> <laughs> I always say hello to my mother. She watches everything I do just kidding um no well i think sometimes too um yeah just i it's like really being thankful of not just the mankato community but just like the arts community of this state i think without that support system we would not we wouldn't have been doing project bike for five years like why why would i just do this for me you know, it's about a bigger picture. And, you know, every year we have those people that support us and they give donations to put the film together. Um, they support us along the way. We've like stayed with people we don't even know because they like offer us to like, we can sleep on their couches. We don't have to sleep outside when it's raining. And um, so we're just really thankful for all the people after over all these years and our families for supporting our ideas and our efforts um, and really believing that this is a project that has like worth to it and really affects people um in their lives and their careers and their ideas of who they are uh, as human beings and creative people so that's just you know one thing i want to say is uh just being very thankful of of the support and uh, you know everyone's support to the 410 as well because without the 410 project bike wouldn't have happened mm, yeah i suppose mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah the uh the following has been incredible like there were so many times out on tour that uh people would just see a post or something and send uh a little bit of money to help us out or uh drop off some like beef jerky or something like that like there's yeah, so many food. amazing uh people that were following this and they would see that it was raining outside and they're just back like, get yourself a hotel for the night and we we're just like oh my goodness this is absolutely amazing and needed <laughs> i don't sleep in the rain anymore yeah but yeah so that's how like one like huge shout out basically and all to the, everyone yeah we had several local businesses um that helped us uh support this sponsor us a little spon- bit yeah but all of that like a lot of people gave donations but that all goes just to paying our filmmakers to make the documentaries because mm-hmm. that's huge undertaking and they put those videos together in like two months, month and a half. And they've always turned out amazing. And if anyone is interested in watching our previous videos um, from any of the years, they can go to the 410project.com, go under our videos tabs, and you can watch all of our pre- previous Project Bike documentaries. Mm-hmm. And we're also on Facebook Peace. and Instagram. Uh, if you search Project Bike, uh, we'll pop up and you can look at... Uh, kind of look back at the tours and see uh our struggles and our successes and, <laughs> and all the of, artists and all and, that too and yeah a lot of the artists a lot of uh the artwork uh was documented there as well find us yeah. or if you have a, a new idea i could transition to send me an email oh. <laughs> just kidding i have ideas <laughs> well that that's what i've got you got anything to say back there? no that's delightful it's been really cool learning about your project and uh-huh. uh getting to see it happen we've seen some of the films and now we're involved in creating a trailer for the airport so this has been great Yay! yeah and yeah. thanks so much for coming on the cast yes thank you guys yeah. for hanging out with us i want to talk to you more about the 410 project too but maybe we can just do a whole nother cast sometime later because I don't want to probably. I we feel just like Dana will be a, and, a repeat guest. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> I will we'll talk, talk about with you anything. Later. That is another hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Or maybe you could bring. Maybe Kurt and I could come on and we could talk oh, together. Yeah, yeah you got to get Kurt on. Yeah, here. we do. We're just gonna point all the cameras <laughs> at Kurt. Oh, oh, just kidding. <laughs> That's fair. I'll 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 take that. Yeah, shout out to Kurt. By the way, he's a one man show. <laughs> shout out to Kurt. <laughs> Uh, all right awesome well thank you for being on yes thank you guys appreciate it thanks for tuning in you can find show notes for this and every episode at triplefalls.org